This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you're with us once again. My name is Daniel and it is such a pleasure to be the host of this podcast. My whole goal for this thing was to encourage and to equip you as a church leader. As you're following serving God, man, you just need someone to pour into you. And I pray that this is something that really encourages you. Many times I meet with a lot of leaders and they're discouraged simply because they haven't been equipped. They, they want to ask certain questions or, or learn a certain uh, technique or tactic or strategy method or something that, that no one's taking the time to do that. And so I hope that these uh, episodes have been practical for you, been encouraging for you. Uh, they're saturated in, in the gospel. They're saturated in the Bible. And so I've tried to just bring you great content and pray it blesses you and really has helped you to continue to do the things God's called you to do. And uh, I've also recorded all this content on video and archived it. Many of you I know are listening. It's a podcast, but um, I actually recorded on on video so you and your team could watch it. And you can go to eeleaders.com and check out all the videos that was created. Uh, And even in season one, just from the one piece of advice, from the interviews, from the lessons, um, there's over 50 videos of content just from season one again. Um, And you know what? We're rocking, we're rolling, we're planning for season two as well. And so we're just gonna continue to pump out this content to give you uh, stuff to equip you, to encourage you, and just pray this is a resource to you. One other thing on the website is a recommended blog and also recommended uh, book of the month. I try to do that and give you some quotes and highlights and um, just recommend a book of the month so that you can continue to grow and continue to learn. And this month's book is Spiritual Leadership by Jay Oswald Chambers. And he says a leader should read to have fellowship with great minds. You know, that's one of the beautiful things that we can do. We can actually grow and learn from people that we may not be as close with. Uh, That may even be passed away, but we could still learn from their example. And he said the spiritual leader should choose books for their spiritual benefit. And so what I try to do is give a list, one, a book a month, just to recommend so you can say, hey, grow in this area. If you want to think about prayer, what about this book? If you want to think about uh, practical stuff, what about this book? And so... um, a couple other more quotes from J. Oswald Sanders uh, from his book, Spiritual Leadership. He says, every work of God includes days of frustration and days of joy. I love being able to get to glean from these people's wisdom and insight, but I love being able to see how real some of these authors are. And, and Sanders is just one of those. Uh, he's really uh, significant, and it's just, I think, over a million, a million books sold of spiritual leadership, just solid gold nuggets of wisdom. Uh, last quote for you, just to give you a sort of a feel and a taste. It's, he says, leaders today, those who are truly spiritual, must pass on the torch to younger people as the first line duty. And so for the fir- past few episodes, we've been focusing on mentors and, and just the importance of passing that on, to receive from other people, but then to pass that on from other people. And I got to sit down with uh, another mentor of mine, Pastor David Guzik. Now here's the crazy thing. He didn't really know I was his men- uh, he was mentoring me, but 
because he has written a lot and wrote an entire commentary in the Bible, he really has shaped me and really blessed me as I've been able to study um, from his commentary for the last couple of years. And, and the great thing is it's, a, it's an incredible resource and it's all free. You can go to EnduringWord.com and actually read uh, uh, this commentary that he's put together, simply his notes that he'll describe in this interview, um, just to be able to uh, be blessed by it. Um, and so I would just really recommend you go and check it out. It's EnduringWord.com. And I know I'm a little biased because uh, I've been starting to work, work with this ministry for the last year and just been really blessed by David's genuine love for Jesus and his genuine heart to just really preach the word and serve other people. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to spending more quality time with him. He'll be in Delray Beach next month for the Refresh Conference. And it's a conference to encourage and equip saints in Jesus uh, to be able to pour into them into our community. And so the cost is only $50. It's November 9th and 10th, and it's going to be amazing. I really want to encourage you to come, invite you out, tell a few other people about it, but I would love to have you join us. And all the details are at www.redemptiondb.com conference. You can get all of the info in the show notes, a link to go check it out as well. And so it was a real treat for me to sit down uh, and talk with Pastor David Guzik about preaching and teaching the Bible. And so I hope you enjoy this interview. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Daniel, and I am with my friend David Guzik. Hi, Daniel. The Guzinator is what my friend Neil Spencer calls him. <laughs> uh, the expert at expository preaching, and you wrote down your notes and push save. Push save. It was amazing to see that. So yes, that's uh, right. The reason why I wanted to interview David today is because uh, I have a lot of respect for him and his ministry of EnduringWord.com. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about your ministry and what Enduring Word? Com is? Well, through some very unexpected circumstances, I found out that what I prepare for myself as teaching notes mm -hmm. is helpful for other people as Bible commentary. I could tell you the whole story, but it's really not. That, that's the bottom line of it. And that happened a little bit more than 20 years ago. So since 1996, my teaching notes in some format or another have been online, available to the public, and it resonates with some people. Obviously, there's no biblical commentator or writer that resonates with everybody. But my material apparently resonates with some people and they find it useful as Bible commentary. Yeah. Well, I know I've been blessed by your ministry, your notes. Mm -hmm. um, and I recommend them a lot to a lot of different people. And so I feel very honored and blessed to even just talk to you about it. And that's what I want to do today is talk to you about expository teaching, preaching, yes. um, practicals, just trying to glean advice um, for people that have never taught the Bible or people that have maybe taught the Bible, but you know, you get in ruts and you want to learn sure. other people's schedules and all that different sure. stuff. Um, I think the big idea is this. You, you finished the entire commentary now, right? The whole Bible? Well, I mean, I'm kind of careful how I phrase it. It's never finished. <laughs> yeah. It's an ongoing work. I'll probably literally be working on this, revising, improving, correcting till, till I die. But... I reached a really important milestone last September where I online published um, commentary on every book, every chapter of the Bible. So that is like a, I, I have a complete body of work of commentary in the entire Bible as of last September. Yeah, and so can you give me an encouragement and highlight, maybe emphasize after studying the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. So it may not be done, but you've written 
You've written notes on the entire Bible, so you've read it, you've studied it, you've preached the, yeah. the Bible. I, I, I have commentary that I'm at least happy with. I mean, some of it, right now I feel like, okay, I've got kind of an order, I want to revise this and this, but I'm, I'm fairly happy with everything, with yeah. something on the entire Bible, I should say. So, give us the benefits of after studying the Bible for this many years, what have been the benefits of you writing down your notes and just studying and preaching the Word of God for so many years? Personally, well, I mean, personally, the, the greatest benefit has been just wonderful, significant, deep fellowship with God in and through His Word. I mean, nothing really replaces that. Yeah. The, the, the reason I love studying the Bible so much is that I have rich, wonderful, and I don't want to exaggerate it as some kind of super spiritual thing, but I'll, I'll say it, at times, transcendent fellowship with God in and through His Word. Hmm. I mean, uh, many of your listeners will know what it's like to have a deep experience with God in a prayer meeting, yeah. uh, in a worship service, mm -hmm. uh, in some kind of encounter on the mission field, something like that. Well, I've never had a more powerful experience in worship, in prayer, out on the mission field than I have in my time of study of God's Word. So personally, it's a very rich, meaningful place where I meet God in His Word. Yeah. And how have you seen the effects of faithfully just preaching the Bible for this many years in your ministry to people's lives who you're serving? Well, I mean, I, I've seen it bear a lot of fruit, but to be honest, not all the time. Yeah. I mean, look, let, let's face it. The, the call we have as, as ministers is like how Paul explained to Timothy. You do it in season and out of season. You do it when, when it, it's evidently bearing fruit, and you do it when it seems like winter, and there's nothing on the vine. We do it faithfully. Now, I, I'm the first one to admit, in season is a lot more fun. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> but, but even when it's out of season, we're like, we're like yeah. But, but that being said, I mean, you see the transforming power of God work as Jesus meets people in and through His Word. I'm always careful to, to talk about it in those terms because I, I don't want people to think that um, it's a mere academic or detached knowledge of or study of God's Word that transforms. There, there is such a thing as a form of godliness without the power. Yeah. But that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about through both personal study and the power of the preached Word, Jesus Christ coming to His people and those who will become His people in and through His Word. So David, how would you define biblical preaching? Well, it's preaching that has fundamentally the ideas and the themes of the Bible as the ideas and the themes of the preaching. Yeah. Which isn't always the case. Look, I mean, th there's, there's a lot of eloquent people who have a lot of good things to say, but they're just not saying it from the biblical text. Mm -hmm. th there's a fair amount in the Christian world, I mean, you can debate whether it's more or less rising or falling, but there's a fair amount in the Christian world of people who use the Bible to illustrate their sermons. Yes. And, and that's really just what it is. The Bible just provides an illustration. 
Um, I, I don't think that's the best kind of preaching. I don't think that's the preaching that really transforms life. Although I will say, it may encourage and inspire people mm-hmm. the same way that you know a, a, a football coach can encourage and inspire his team at halftime. I mean, we can do that through speaking, through rhetoric. I mean, that, that's possible. Yeah. But the real eternal work and the real powerful work of God's Word is by letting the ideas, the words, the themes of Scripture be the ideas, themes, and words of our preaching. Yeah. And so, you've obviously gone through the entire Bible, and there's, uh, I know your ministry and how you've shepherded people is teaching through books of the Bible, right? chapter by chapter in context, verse by verse, you know, right. that, but there's also topical teaching. Um, could you give us just the benefit of both? Well, a topical teaching, now, in, in our kind of circle of churches, our family, Calvary Chapel yeah. world, sometimes... Topical teaching is treated as if like some kind of evil, you know, and it's not at all. Absolutely. And I believe very strongly that if a pastor has has really built his church on the foundation of verse by verse teaching through books of the Bible, then he should really feel the freedom to do a topical series now and then. There's no harm in it all. I mean, it can be wonderfully anointed and led by the Holy Spirit. But the best kind of topical teaching mm-hmm. continues to draw the ideas, the themes, the priorities of that topic from the scriptures. Yeah. Topical preaching and teaching can be expository. Absolutely. And it should be. Yep. It should be. W- what it is, is maybe it's not just limited to one text. Yeah. So that, that kind of idea. There's, yeah. we, we shouldn't think there's something wrong with topical teaching. It can be done powerfully, beautifully, and it can be done in a very expository manner. Yeah, and I just bring that up because it's funny when I hear people talk bad about topical messages and they think, no, you have to just do the chapter by chapter, book by book. And I go, well, aren't you just breaking? Isn't every week a topical message? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's paragraphs in the text and there's yeah. common themes and you don't just yes. take the whole, you mm. bite-size thematically go through it and well it, it, in our Calvary Chapel family we had the incredible example of Pastor Chuck Smith yeah who went to his reward in heaven you know some years ago Pastor Chuck Smith taught topically on Sunday morning his entire pastorate at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa he would take a text from his Through the Bible study that night, Sunday night, Mm -hmm. and teach topically on it Sunday morning. Now, he did it topically the right way, letting the text speak for itself, letting the ideas of the Scripture do that. But that's what he did for his 50-some years at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. Um, Topical teaching can be done in a right and expository way. And as long as the church has that great foundation of verse-by-verse teaching through books of the Bible, it shouldn't be thought of as a bad thing. Yeah, so it's more like, doesn't matter if it's topical or through the Bible, we, we need to expose it. You need to, actually you need to be an expositor. Yeah. You're right. Free. You need to be an expositor. Yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, so speaking of expositor, it's, it's a lot harder for especially young people, uh, young preachers and young teachers to teach the Bible because you have mm-hmm. to know history and context and get into certain meanings and cross-references. Um, and it's very helpful, I think, to have examples how do you uh, craft a message? And maybe not even like right now, but how have you over the years and just have grown in that 
of the habit and the importance of studying the Bible to preach it for other people? How, what does that look like for you uh, to just, okay, I have this passage. You know, it's Monday morning. I got to teach it Sunday. What does that look like? Well, look, I mean, part of it is just, if you want to say, just the, the intelligent work of understanding what's written on the page in front of you. Yeah. I mean, there's an idea. There's a thought. The, the Bible as a whole is not like the book of Proverbs in the Bible, where each verse is its own independent thought, yeah. and you're just, you know, there's a connection, there's a flow. Through most of, I mean, there is a book of Proverbs, but yeah. for the most part, uh, in the Bible, there's a connection from verse to verse, chapter to chapter. And of course, there's some exceptions. I mean, the Psalms is its own thing individually, psalm by psalm, but we're talking generally through the Bible. So just by understanding the themes, the ideas, to, to be able to read the writings of Paul and understand, okay, he's building a main point here, and now he brings in, let's say Romans chapter 4, now he brings in Abraham and David as his Old Testament, his Hebrew Scripture, illustrations of his main point, justification by faith. Yeah. Okay, so we get that. His main point isn't to talk about Abraham. His main point is to talk about justification by faith. But he's showing us how both Abraham and David support that from the Hebrew Scriptures. Okay, great. I mean, we just understand something. But we understand what the major things are. We understand what the minor things are. And it wouldn't be wrong to make a sermon emphasizing something as the minor thing, but presenting it as the minor thing in the context of the major thing. Yeah. So, okay, that, that's just to say, understanding what's on the page. Although, although, there is a definite place for just the anointing and the move of the Holy Spirit to highlight a particular verse, a particular phrase, a particular word sometimes in Scripture, mm -hmm. and, and to develop that. Now, you just present it in the context. Uh, John 3.16. I mean, come on. If you can't preach from John 3.16, just, just get out of the ministry. Give up. Okay, okay, but, but what are you going to emphasize? For God so loved the world. And you could preach a great message on love. And would that be legitimate from John 3.16? Yep. Absolutely. But you just, you just put it in the context. For God so loved the world. Okay, um, reaching the lost, a needy world. You can preach on that from John 3.16. Mm -hmm. uh, for God so loved the world that He gave. Listen, I, I, I've heard some pretty good messages on giving that really heavily rely on John 3.16. Yeah. Why do we give? Because God is a giver. Yep. And God is the greatest giver. And you just go on and on. There is a place where sometimes in our reading, our study, the Holy Spirit will quicken a verse, a phrase, a word. And we, we shouldn't be afraid to present that in the power that the Holy Spirit has spoken to our heart about it. But recognizing what we're sharing is one piece of a whole and at least setting it in its context. Yeah. Not treating it like a fortune cookie. Uh -huh. So how important is prayer in your preparation? Well. I mean, what, is that, what does that look like? Because some people think, I'm just going to go to the computer and then just have it. Well, it's true. Prayer, it, for me, it's a before, during, and after thing. Yeah. It is. Definitely pray before you study. You're just making yourself open to the heart and the mind of God. During... 
I, I kind of feel I'm walking in that Thessalonians kind of praying without ceasing thing. Mm, yeah. I almost feel like it's, it's a back and forth between me and the Lord. Lord, what do you mean here? What are you saying? Lord, I depend on your spirit. Lord, show me. And you just work that out in just kind of that praying without ceasing. And then, of course, afterwards, it's, it's Lord, I mean, I, I think I understand this. What, what, what is it, God, that you want to say, that you want to speak through you people? I, I kind of have this idea that when I go through and I'm kind of studying a text, I'm kind of amassing biblical knowledge about the text. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that when I stand in the pulpit, it's my job to share everything I know about that text or everything I could about that text. I think this is a big weakness, especially for a lot of younger guys. It's not a mistake only for younger guys, but it's yeah. commonly made by younger guys. I know even in my life, I'm like, I have so much, and then you go so long. Yes. Just... Now, he, he, here's the thing, is we think that either the people get cheated, or we get cheated, or the Lord gets cheated. If, there's, if I have 100 pounds of biblical knowledge, and there's only time and focus on the part of the people to share 50. But it's not that way at all. I really believe that there's power when... We know, not just in our head, but in our heart, mm -hmm. we know more about the text than we're actually explaining. Mm. It gives weight. I mean, God allows that 50 pounds to have the impact of 100. Yeah. Because you're just, you're, you haven't, okay, you know what it's like to talk to somebody and they know more about the subject than they're telling you. I mean, not that they're hiding it, yeah. but it's like, okay, th th this guy's telling me this, but I can tell he knows so much more about it. Uh -huh. Well, I, that's, th there's a sense in which that's a reflection of authority. Yeah. You know, we, we know we, we're comfortable enough. With, I, I don't have to impress you by telling you every last detail that I know about Romans 5. Um, I recognize that... I have a certain amount of time and I have a certain amount of focus available from the people. This is what the Holy Spirit's telling me. Focus on this. Emphasize this in my mm -hmm. preaching. That's, that's anointed exposition. Yes. And I think you need to have that confidence, that prophetic word. This is yes. what God wants for this moment. Not that you're taking something out of context or emphasizing certain your own things, but being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to say, this is the word. Absolutely. Therefore, in theory, I could teach on Romans 5 a week apart to two different audiences and emphasize quite different things. Now, I mean, hopefully I'll acknowledge and, and lay the groundwork, at least in summary, of, of what Romans 5 is at. But but there, there may be one aspect that I would emphasize over here, another, and hopefully under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I found that that happened a lot when we were teaching. Yes. I would teach two services or three. Yes. And I'm like, why? This is not my notes are over here. I'm emphasizing yes. this more. And then all of a sudden I find a handful of people and this ministered to them and that ministered yeah. to their service. And it's... I think there's a little bit of a, of a season that works in, in a pastor's or a preacher's ministry, where there may be a time where God says, okay, get a little more disciplined, stick a little more to what you've prepared. Yeah. And then there may, be a, may be another season where God's word may be, hey, 
tr trust me a little more and, and trust that I'll speak through you a little more spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Now for myself personally in the last few years, I think I've been a little more in a season emphasizing spontaneity. So I've tried generally to prepare less. There's less content in my notes mm -hmm. to deliberately give me more time to speak spontaneously. Yeah. And so I, that's just kind of where the Lord has me right now in this season of preaching. But th there may be a course, I know previously in my life, God's kind of said, okay, stick a little more. To, <laughs> and, and that, yeah. And so and there's times and context, and I think that's like, right. you're right. We do grow in that. We do. Um, and just being able to use notes and be very concise and straightforward and other time only a half a page of notes and that's right just relying on yeah. that text and stuff yeah. and so um what what advice or counsel would you give just to young preachers just as we're sort of closing the conversation and talking about uh bible teaching and stuff i mean what what's the counsel and advice you usually give to people all right well if you're really called to preach yeah if you're really called to teach regard it as your life's work and and i mean that work that you're going to invest time in it if you're going to fulfill the potential and the giftedness that god has given you it's not going to come on the cheap yeah you're going to need more than a google search awareness of the word you're going to have to drill down deep yeah and and that means lots of study lots of preparation i mean you remember the the, the story about um Donald Gray Barnhouse on the train. Uh, Barnhouse was a tremendous expositor and teacher oh, yeah. of a couple generations ago. Well, one day he's on a train. This is when people travel a lot by train. Yeah. And uh, he's there reading his Bible. And across the, the seat from him is a young man reading his newspaper. And the young man looks over his newspaper and he looks at Barnhouse. You're Donald Gray Barnhouse. Man, you're my favorite Bible. I can't believe the way you teach the Bible because I'm a young preacher. Because I would love to be able to teach the Bible the way you do. And Barnhouse, he could be kind of cold, you know. He, he barely looks up from his Bible and he says, well, you'll never get it read in the newspaper. <laughs> and, you know, that's cold. Yeah. But th th there's going to be some things that you're going to have to deny to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not completely, but instead of, you know, X number of hours at the video game console a week, it's going to be Y number of hours. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to give up X number of hours so that I can devote myself to God's Word. Mm. Uh, or whatever other kind of diversion or thing there may be, um, it's not going to happen on the cheap. Yeah. So what tools and recommendations would you recommend? And before you do that, I want to personally recommend EnduringWord.com, and you can actually get his notes and uh, I love going to your resource to get an outside opinion, to make sure that I'm not a heretic, to, <laughs> to just go and Either that or we're both heretics. Exactly. So yeah. just be like, okay, am I off here? Oh my yeah. gosh, this, that, and the other. And, and I know there are a lot of people that we love. I know you yeah. love Spurgeon. What are some tools and things you found helpful, just that you personally were ministered to? Well, I mean, fundamentally, and nobody uses these anymore, but I mean, the first and maybe the most important Bible study tool I ever got was a concordance. Yeah. And just enabling you to search through the scriptures. What does the scripture say about faith? 
about love, about grace, about whatever, and in concordance. Now, nowadays, we're using the search function on our Bible programs, but that same idea, the best commentary on the scriptures are the scriptures themselves. Yeah. And, and building a comprehensive knowledge of biblical truth. That takes time, but look, look the next five years are going to come and go. Whoever's listening to this right now, they're either going to be significantly deeper in their biblical knowledge and a comprehensive in the coming five years, or they're not. Yeah. You know? So the time passes for all of us. It's what we're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. But then, look, um, you'll, as you experiment with different commentators, you'll find the guys, these are the guys helpful for me for history. Um, these are the guys helpful for me in a more academic sense. Yeah. These are the guys more helpful for me in a devotional sense. Um, so history, I love William Barclay. Mm -hmm. Academic, I love guys like Leon Morris. Yep. Um, devotional, you love guys like Ironside. Yeah. Uh, Warren Wearsby is a little bit more devotional, but still, you know, kind of maybe a middle of the road, all purpose. Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll just learn these guys over the years, the guys that really communicate to your heart. And um, you, you pick them up and you use them. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for You're letting, welcome. letting me use you, yeah. not only with this video, but... Yeah. You know, your heart and your commentary has been a blessing to many people. And so feel honored and blessed and hope this was helpful for you to be able yes. to teach and preach the Bible with accuracy, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And just simply teaching the Bible simply is a, a pretty awesome thing to be able to give your life to. That's right. Thank you. you know, so Thank appreciate you. it, David. You're very welcome. Well, I personally loved that video. Uh, I was out of focus the entire time. It was amazing. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I had an old camera and I was just like, I grabbed it and I was like, I gotta, gotta, gotta record this, this is gonna be amazing. Uh, and then the thing is for me personally, this is just a little behind the scenes, uh, I thought I asked way too many questions. I should have just shut my mouth stop talking and asking more questions because we ended up talking for like hour uh, just about life, about ministry, about so much more stuff. But I really was really glad that uh, he, well, I was able to bring that content with you specifically about Bible teaching and preaching. And it's just been a joy learning and growing. And I just want to encourage you to just keep on growing keep on learning, start. Um, you know, we got to stay humble and keep growing. My dad always says, it's not a failure unless you give up. And with that video, I could be upset and mad that I was out of focus. Um, David was in focus, so that was good. And I could have just uh, given up on the whole thing. But the reality was, is listen, I learned from my mistake. The next interview got better. The next interview got better. And I'm just going to keep on growing, keep on learning. We, we all mess up. We, we all stumble. We all fall down. But the reality is we need to get back up, learn, and keep growing. And so I tell people all the time, don't give up. Uh, and just this video, most of you can't see it. You're listening to it. But um, you can go to eeleaders.com and watch the video. I'm out of focus. And it's just an important reminder, you know what, that I don't have to have my act all together. That in my weakness, God is strong. And so it's important to have people come alongside of you, like my dad, to, to minister to you, to encourage you, to give you perspective. And so I'm grateful for David being able to sit down with me and just give us insight on preaching and teaching the Bible. And on today's One Piece of Advice, we have another great mentor, Pastor Glenn Schaefer. Now, Pastor Glenn is not my mentor, but he, he is a mentor to a close and good friend of mine, Pastor Ron Jones at Coastal Chapel. And Ron and I started about the same time, about five and a half years ago, planning our churches and um, just have really grown in our friendship together. And um, I'll introduce 
you to him as I do an interview with him in season two, but I wanted to introduce you to his mentor because as we both have grown, we've had people and, and godly men pour into our lives. And so Pastor Glenn and his wife serve in Oklahoma and they're currently investing more and more pastors. And he was down here in Florida and I was able to just uh, have lunch with them and, and just share life a little bit with them and pray with them. And it was so great to learn and grow from him, just spending time with him uh, and seeing how he how his ministry and his life has affected my friend has just been beneficial from the outside perspective. And so uh, just right away, you could tell his love for Jesus, his sincerity, and just his kingdom mind focus. And so I'm really glad that he's going to share with you one piece of advice now. And also in season two, he's going to share a guest lesson, which is just incredible. So uh, this is Pastor Glenn Schaefer. You're listening to One Piece of Advice. Brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hi, I'm Glenn Schaefer. My wife and I oversee Apostolic Teams International, ATI. It's a number of churches and ministries. We live in Oklahoma. And if I was going to offer one piece of advice after four decades of pouring our life into people in ministry. It's this, you're not gonna like it. Are you ready? It is a passion for prayer. Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. You never reach a place in your spiritual life where the flesh is not weak. A lot of times people say, I can't pray because I'm not there yet. And they don't realize their spirit is always willing, but their flesh is always weak. I can tell you, there's not been one event in our ministry, in our life, that was not affected directly from prayer. I'm sitting here right now in connection with Daniel, which came from a brother who we're serving in his church right here in Florida. And if I could just tell you in a few short years of how already things have shifted because of what the Lord spoke in prayer. I look back from the first day, I'm on my face praying one day as a young pastor, 25 years old, because that's what you do. You pray, oh God, what are you going to do for my ministry? God, what are you going to do for my ministry? And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And he said, you'll never be more than what your wife is. I knew that was God, because <laughs> that wouldn't have come from me. I knew it didn't come from the devil. And from that moment on, I began to pray for her. I began to pray for her to come forth. And I, had, I didn't realize what God was doing was forming principles of ministry and prayer. I can take you through every church transformation, every change, buildings, lands. Uh, it never ends. It always comes from the area of prayer. And I'm saying, Lord, it is so valuable. I think the biggest difficult for people in prayer is when they're gifted. The more gifted you are, the least you think you need prayer. And so I know for me to come to you and say the greatest piece of advice, you go, oh, man, I was looking for that one bullet that was going to change everything. It is the one bullet. It is the foundation of us being spirit-led leaders. Because without that, we're just giving information. We're just out without that, we're not bringing impartation. Without that, we're not bringing change. And if I could say anything to you, I'd say,
began to develop time and prayer everywhere you go specific time but time that you can listen and pray and cry your heart out i believe it's an answer for burnout <laughs> not only ministering in the place that god has you to be rather than positional mindset but being able to cry your heart out when the church is going through difficult times and you want to go and do something or talk to somebody first of all cry your heart out there's something about this passionate prayer that God leads us and directs us and when you come out of that prayer closet Jesus said what you do in private the Father will reward you publicly and your people will pray because you pray the people you lead will pray because you pray not because of what you teach and say only but it comes out it's almost like osmosis I can't I can't explain it but people are affected there's an impartation in their life when you're men and women of prayer so my advice no matter what age you are or where you are develop a prayer life that will be the foundation of your ministry it was for Jesus it must be for us. Well, I thought it'd be good to talk about prayer on the next episode, specifically as we've been talking about preaching. Uh, too often we rely on our study and our skills rather than God when it comes to preaching and teaching. And we need to be reminded of the importance of prayer. That's why I love that one piece of advice by Pastor Glenn. We need God, especially when it comes to doing His work. And so preaching and prayer go hand in hand. Like Acts 6.4, it says, But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The disciples, they, they devoted themselves not only to the preaching of God's Word, but to prayer. And a lot of preachers forget the importance of prayer. And they just want to study. And so, um, you know, Rick Warren says, Little prayer, little power. And so we're going to talk about next episode. I'll discuss how prayer is a spiritual weapon. And so I'm excited for that. But until next time, know that I am praying for you. And I hope these, uh, these episodes have just been blessing you and encouraging you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.